Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for any brand in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 134 at Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you. The best pizza in the city. Still making a great Royal Pizza. Multiple locations in Edmonton to serve you, including the original Royal Pizza in Old Strathcona. Royal Pizza is Edmonton-owned and operated 48-plus years, starting with the uh, location, the city south side. Brand new spot for Royal Pizza out in Spruce Grove. I remember when a radio station in town did a remake of West End Girls, Spruce Grove Girls. Those of you of a certain vintage would remember that. It was, I think, during the, might have been during the 86 playoff run for the Evanston Oilers. Uh, anyhow, it was a special time. Uh, Star for recommendation Mediterranean chicken, visit royalpizza.ca for location nearest you. Alan May joins us, longtime Washington Capitol player and now television broadcaster and a very popular guest uh, whenever he makes an appearance here on Oilers Now. Al, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Bad Bob. Yeah. Uh, hey, tell me this. Were you getting a little nervous at 2 nothing, or were you thinking to yourself, well, wait a sec here. Washington's outshot uh, Columbus in both games, and, and basically the uh, Blue Jackets have rode the hot stick of one Artemi Panarin and the goaltending of Sergei Bobrovsky. Where were you at headspace-wise after it was 2 nothing down uh, for Washington heading to CBUS? Well, last night was the very... Well, when they were down 2 nothing, it, it was... You know, I, I saw them play more good periods than the Blue Jackets did. I saw them lose games because of penalty discipline and, and then, you know, momentum shifts in those games. But I felt they played more than well enough to win. Uh, I thought in the third game, they played more good minutes than the Blue Jackets did. They had a really tough third period. First overtime back and forth. The second overtime in game three, the Caps absolutely dominated. They decided to throw the old playbook of not shooting the puck out the window and sort of shooting and crashing the net, shooting quick, not not holding on to it. And then yesterday I felt in that game when they scored first, but I liked their entire, pretty much every minute of the game. I think Columbus had one sustained shift inside the Caps' offensive zone, but the Caps figured it out. They got their composure. Uh, and yesterday I, I was never worried uh, about them losing the game because I thought they played one of the most intelligent, probably the most intelligent road game in the playoffs. Uh, that since I've been here covering this team the last 10 years, that was the best road game they've ever played. All right, so strong performance, series tied 2-2, and lights out on the power play right now, aren't they, Al? Absolutely, and you know what? Give the coaching staff credit. One of the things that was said by Ian Cole going into this series, and you know, a little bit of Pittsburgh cockiness and probably confidence. Uh, and he's American. And, and, and uh, you know, I've been down here long enough. I'm, I'm, I'm a North American. So <laughs> I, one of the things, he, he's, hey, he's won two Stanley Cups in a row. You're right. He goes in and he, and, and he says, and probably a lot of this was bred inside the confidence of the Pittsburgh room, is they were probably saying the last two years, well, they haven't changed their damn power play since Boudreau got here. They've been doing the 1-3-1. You know, some of the faces have changed, but Ovechkin is there. Backstrom is still there. All the other parts are new, but it's still the exact same formation. They don't, don't do anything different. Backstrom melts the ice on the half wall, looks up to Carlson, who 
forces a pass to Ovi. So the very first game of this series, Columbus was cheating to Ovechkin like you would not believe, and he couldn't get a clean shot there, but the Caps kept trying to force it. They weren't doing anything. They were melting the ice on the other side, just standing around waiting, 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 essentially killing their own uh, power play. And in, in game two, the coaching staff, along with Kuznetsov and Backstrom, devised some new plays and different looks. And they decided they were going to ignore Alexander Ovechkin. And what would happen was he would end up being so wide open, he'd be able to score goals. But they tried some new plays, some picks that are legal, uh, more like a block, a stationary type of block play. Uh, their puck retrieval. And then the third, the second, third period of the second game was the best performance I've ever seen out of Ovechkin, Backstrom, Kuznetsov, Carlson, I, I guess TJ Oshie on the power play at retrieving pucks. They had the Blue Jackets hemmed in their zone the entire third period. Ovi played 11 minutes. They dominated and they ended up losing the game, but they did so many great things. I felt that, you know, this power play with the creativity and I saw last night, calculated plays and improvisations that were out of this world and led to a timely power play goals. And I, I think that having that creativity and not cock, being cocky, arrogant, stubborn, uh, and just keeping the same things, you know, doing the same thing over and over again and failing at it, you know, they figured out we got to do things different. And probably I credit Ian Cole to saying what he said out loud. And he probably should have kept that in the dressing room because I don't know if the Caps would have forced themselves to change otherwise. All right, uh, Al, uh, you hit on a couple things there, but uh, th- let's talk a, a bit about uh, Alexander Ovechkin because he made a. Did he make it? Was it an outright guarantee? Did he say they'd be two two after the two games in Columbus, or did he say they'd be coming back to Washington? No, he he said they'd be winning both games in Columbus and they'd be okay. playing a game five. So and, uh, and I actually just go ahead, go ahead. No, no, you you go first. Yep. It's your it's your show. You go. So we have a, a another sportscaster in town. He's a good guy. His name's Dustin Nielsen. He does the U of A now, and he's the biggest Ovi guy in the world. And and he's always pointing out like this player doesn't get the respect he does because he's Russian. And you know what? I think that's a fair comment. I really do. Uh, you know, the guy's a spectacular player. Yes, they haven't had the playoff success. It's mostly been because Pittsburgh's been in the way the last couple of years, and we'll extend that conversation to Barry Trotz, but. The, you know, do we, we look at Mark Messier because he called a shot in Game 6 in New Jersey back in the third round of the playoffs in 1994. Uh, does this not kind of the same thing on behalf of Ovechkin? You know what, absolutely. And, and you know, when, when he said it, I, I 100% believed it because of, I saw him, I was between the benches for the first two games of the series, and the way he played the third period of Game 2 he was pissed off, and he came out and let everyone in the world know it, and he flattened Pierre-Luc Dubois with an open ice hit at center, first shift of the period. He got to every puck. He had five or six shots on net in the first five and a half minutes of game two in that third period, and he was flying and just kept getting the pucks, punishing people, and I felt there's been an anger with a few players on this team, and if the guys, he's had to wear the losses more than anyone. And right. It is because he's Russian, and he doesn't get the respect that he deserves because he's Russian and doesn't play in an original six team, and he doesn't play in a Canadian market. You know, it, it's just one thing after another. He doesn't hide behind Sidney Crosby. You know, people hide behind him here. When there's criticism of Ovi, and there's so many other players that haven't put up 
and had flat line playoffs. Kuznetsov's had those. Backstrom's had those. They never take it on the chin. Entire North American media, the Twitterverse, it goes after Ovechkin. But I saw him elevate his game and, and take this team and showed great leadership with what he said. But with that being said, what I really liked what's going on right now is Nicholas Backstrom played one of the best two-way performances he's ever had. I didn't get a point last night that I'm aware of, I'm pretty sure, but his two-way game. He nullified Panarin last night, yeah. shut down their big guys. He, he, he was phenomenal. He, he picked off so many passes, uh, was in the way all game long, the effort. But th- their star players rose up to a different level last night. And I think they realized and probably felt somewhat guilty is that after what they saw in the third period uh, Sunday night, they had to get on the bus and they had to start doing things. And it was great to see that effort out of every single player in the team. And, and I was really happy with every guy that wore the jersey last night and, and their effort and their execution uh, from the coaching staff putting a, a smart game plan finally uh, to go out there and do something different and do it well and hold players accountable and roll with your good guys. Don't just keep rolling four lines. Make sure you go with your studs and keep them on the ice and let them win it for you. When the, when the other guys get out there, the Mark Lambs, the Kelly Buckberger type of guys, yep. they got to do their job and do it well. We're joined by Capitals television analyst Alan May, who uh, many moons ago uh, played briefly for the Edmonton Oilers. This is Oilers now. Bob Stoffer with you. Uh, Barry Trotz. Last four seasons, there's one coach in the league that's averaged 50 wins plus a year over the last four years. He is the head coach of the Washington Capitals. He does not have a contract right now. Um, the decision to start Philip Grubauer, head of Holtby, certainly was probably criticized in the first couple of games, but did they spur something with Braden Holtby that's made him better as a result since he's come in there? Well, you know, one of the things that happened this year, and we, we talked about it briefly the last yep. time I was on, is that, you know, Braden Holtby, I, I think fatigue, mental fatigue finally set in. He was holding this team in all season long. He gets to about the end of January, and they were giving up way too many point-blank shots and, and all these high areas. The system they were using defensively was pathetic, and it was a man-on-man all over the defensive zone. So you'd have a D-man leave the front of the net, go all the way up to the blue line, and you would not believe how many incredible chances. Well, when he was on his game, he was making stop after stop, stealing game. And because the team wasn't, you know, as consistent as they should have been, I felt it was his best performance of his career up until the end of January. And then, you know, all these chances, all of a sudden he, he's getting too many point blanks. The Caps start getting scored on first every game for a while. He loses his confidence. He's mentally fatigued, physically fatigued, emotionally drained. And Grubauer, who was pathetic, who couldn't stop a beach ball the first six weeks of the season, who was like 0-6-1, and, and a really bad and gaudy numbers, finds a way to get his record back to 15-10-3, something like that. Right. An incredible save percentage, from the best in the league, the best numbers in the league from that time. And you, know, you can manipulate the numbers all you want. But in the first two games of this series, uh, Grubauer looked tiny. The, the scouting report for the Blue Jackets was everything top glove. Everything has got to be right under the bar. Yep. If you get it there, you'll score. He's not going to get there. He's not big enough. And at the same time, Holpe takes a mental health break in March, uh, basically. They, they go back to goalie school with, with our goalie coaches, Scott Murray and Mitch Corn, advising him what he, Braden needs to do, get Braden back 
in, in a good place, get him back to being a positive teammate. And not that he was negative in the room, but he needed to work on things. And, uh, you know, they, he comes back, he's 6-2, and two, and the two losses that he has, the, the team just didn't score enough goals. You know, it was, they were tight games, low scoring, maybe a one-or-two-goal one two affair, and the team didn't do enough on the other end. But he played very well, and he looked like he was back to being the guy that looks really, really big in that. Well, he got in there the third period this past Sunday night. He ended up with a loss in overtime. But when the, the Blue Jackets, from my vantage point bet- between the benches, I have the perfect angle. They're going down the ice, the Blue Jackets are, in the third period, and they missed the net on their first six shots. There's nothing to shoot at. He's out in the right distance from the goal line, out past the crease. The angle's perfect. There's nowhere to shoot. Uh, I look at that, and I'm going, wow, he's back. He's 100%. They're, they're going to be dominant in the next game. He's coming up with big saves. They'll score first. They'll create momentum. They'll quiet the, the arena down. So I think that mental health break, him being able to come in and now be the hero of the series is huge because I think he's got that mindset. I've got a lot to prove. I'm going to prove it to myself. I'm confident, and my team, the team is so much more confident with him in that because it's not a surprise when he makes these big saves, and they know they have to be better in other areas, not giving up all the high dangers. Last night there were two high dangers in my calculation. They did a phenomenal job. He didn't let anything leak in. Uh, he was absolutely spectacular, and right now the Caps have the better goalie in the series. Well, and you you know why uh, you talked about the type of defense they're playing, and you know why zone defense was uh, made illegal in the NBA, right? Because it worked. And I think we both are from the school that you go, uh, you can go man within a zone, but there still needs to be primarily zone, and there certainly needs to be inherent rules, like one defenseman always in front of your net, and not having guys chase beyond the hash marks when they're D-men, uh, in terms of uh, office cycle and that sort of thing. Al, final question for you is on Barry Trotz. How good of a coach is he? Well, you know, the things that I think he does very well, he, he's, he's, he's a really good, he's a solid coach. He brings structure to a team. Uh, there's communication. And I, I think probably the biggest thing that lacks with him is on the bench during games. You know, like one of the things that I've always been critical is, and I've gotten in heated arguments here with the guys that I work with. And, you know, there's different guys that are, you know, they've, they've been with the team for 40, 30 and 40 years. They've been around here forever, and they love Trotsy. We all do. But, you know, when there's mistakes during a season and they continue to go on, and I, and they're only taking care of the day after the game or between periods, you know, I'm of the mind that you take care of it on the bench. And if you do it, then your players will start coaching each other. Everyone's on the same page because I've always believed that if you let a player get away with the bad habits all times, especially your, your top six and your top four D. And you don't nip it in the bud. In a time of crisis, a playoff game is a crisis. Being down a goal is a crisis. Players revert back to those mistakes. Those mistakes will cost you games. So the biggest thing I've been critical is you got to you got to tame the lion on the bench. You got to make sure you zap it when it gets out of control and it starts committing these errors and these mistakes. It looks like here in the playoffs, you know, the big decision to start Grubauer. I thought that was ballsy and needed to be done. He deserved it. Holby and there's still confidence wasn't there. But giving them the hook as fast as he did in game two, that was huge again. That showed a ton of it. And then the last few games, getting on players right off the bat, I think that's, you know, this long into his coaching career, I think he learned something. you got to make big, hard decisions as fast as you can in the playoffs. You can't overreact, but you can't let things go on too long. You can't let them fester. you got to take care of it. And uh, right now that's being done. I see Mike Sullivan do an incredible job with it. I've seen uh, – 
Joel Quenville do an incredible job. Probably one of the best guys ever, Daryl Sutter, uh, and not taking it from anybody. And I think those are the guys that go the furthest in the game. They win championships. And if Barry can continue to do this, well, this team is figuring out a different way to play right now and a better way, in my opinion. Uh, they can do some damage in these playoffs. And, you know, I don't know if it's good enough to win the Cup, but they need to get past Pittsburgh if they win this series. And uh, they're going to have to play them a different way than they've been playing. And I think they got to hold players accountable instantly on the bench. One of the things that makes it easier, look at, uh, you know, they've all got those monitors down by their feet. You're always wondering, why are the coaches looking down? Well, they're looking at the monitors to figure out what happens on a goal. Because, yes, you're watching the game, but you're watching so much stuff as a coach. And uh, the monitors give you the replays and that sort of thing. Al, uh, we appreciate the time. Uh, good luck to your caps the rest of the way. And thank you again for joining us on Oilers Now. Thanks a lot. Talk to you soon. You bet. That is Alan May. He, of course, a uh, regular on this show on Orders Now and a longtime Washington Capitals uh, broadcaster and a guy that uh, he made it happen for himself to have the NHL career that he did. 151 in Edmonton will wrap up Oilers Now after this. When you want to fly your Oilers colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place. ProAmSports.ca Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB, or more, ProAm Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a ProAm Sports Certificate of Authenticity and hologram, you know it's 100% authentic, hand-signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, ProAm Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton show Showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at proamsports.ca. That's proamsports.ca. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. It is 154 in Edmonton. This day in Oilers history for New West Traveler. Oilers Now roadie to Europe. Germany and Sweden this fall to see the Oilers play. Call the friendly staff of New West Travel. Space is limited. April 20th, 2017, you remember it, this happened. Indecisive at this point, but now dishing back for David DeArnay. He'll swing it to the corner for Drysaddle, back in front to DeArnay, shots and scores! I think Jack was a little excited. So was I. Oilers would close out uh, San Jose 3-1. Game 6. Saturday night. And that was April 20th, 2017, last year. Thursday night, the Oilers get the 4-3 OT win, rallying from a 3-1 deficit. This day in Oilers history brought to you by, again, New West Travel. The Oilers now road trip to Sweden and Germany. Ten more spots now available. Uh, we got a suite for uh, one of the games that opened up to us. To see the Oilers play in Europe, call now. Space Limited. Visit newwesttravel.com. All right, uh, this text comes in. Uh, guys love it. The Westlock girls, they remember that uh, reference. F- can't say which uh, radio station is with because it's not this cluster. Uh, here we go. Uh, uh, this text comes in saying, Bob, uh, based on the Chisler's verification of your resemblance to Tom Cruise 30 years and 50 pounds ago, how disappointed is your wife today from Gary? Gary, uh, my wife met the fat Elvis. That's all I'm going to tell you. Okay? I was already starting to get up to at least over 
200 by the point when uh, when Kathleen uh, met me, and uh, it's living proof that love is blind as well. But just as we wrap up, we'll tell you coming up tonight, uh, Reed Wilkins will have Inside Sports. Who's he got on? Uh, your play-by-play partner. Jack oh. Michaels will be on tonight. Oh, so I'm not on all week with Reed, but he puts Jack on back-to-back weeks. What's with that? I don't know. Uh, well, I'm, I'm going to have to take that personally, Reed. I'll show you, you little... Anyways, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Blake Dermott will also be oh, on. He's stealing all my former, all my former current <laughs> yeah, play-by-play go. partners. There you go. Uh, Mookie Mitchell is on. I know you didn't do play-by-play with this guy, Bag Milk from Oilers Nation. He's I, on tonight as well. I don't know who. I, I don't know who a lot of the Oilers Nation guys are. Maybe they can come down to like a morning skate once in a while or something like that. Oh, you know? Come on, just bust them. Some of the stuff's quite entertaining. Uh, up next, uh, global news, weather, traffic update with Eileen Bell. It, by the way, which theme is this? The theme from. Uh, Top Gun? Wow. 1986, eh? You didn't have, like, uh, the Danger Zone song with Kenny Loggins? I guess I told you to queue up the wrong song. <laughs> well, this is the opening theme, so... Uh, uh, all right, yeah. It's uh, fitting, because you can talk over it. There we go. Global news, weather, traffic update uh, with Eileen Bell, followed by the 6.30 chat afternoon news with Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross. And again, Reed Wilkins tonight with two outstanding guests that I can think of off the top of my head. Uh, what's his name? Bagged Milk? Wow, that's a cool handle. No, he's got Jack Michaels on tonight and Blake Dermott uh, again. So long, everybody. Have a terrific weekend. Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.